We are back, everyone. Did you miss us? You thought we were gone. It is Sunday, April 18, 2021. This is England is Burning. This is your Chelsea weekly feature. We have back again Rob Prattley, the senior editor from CFCW Social, to talk about Chelsea, the gauntlet ahead, the title chase, the trophy chase, everything chase. Rob, thank you for coming on this afternoon, this evening. Actually, it's nighttime where you are uh, and so forth. Rob, welcome back. It is indeed nighttime, and uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me. And did you get any type of break during the international break? Uh, I did get a little bit of a break, and I was still enjoying some of the uh, sort of bits and pieces, and I've been sort of uh, enjoying uh, the men's side of the game, seeing uh, Chelsea get through in the men's Champions League. And, you know, of course, we're hearing a lot about the Champions League uh, sort of today. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's been nice to sort of enjoy a chance to see all that and also see a lot of our international players um doing well while they're sort of been out. Penilla Harder uh, becoming getting closer to that Danish all-time record. Sophie Ingle with another marathon appearance. Fran Kirby making another appearance for England after sort of her first one since her illness, which is always, you know, really good to see and just good to sort of you know really get a la- the lay of the land ahead of you know a major international tournament next year. Certainly, certainly, certainly. So let us do a reset of where things stand with Chelsea right now as we go into this really very pivotable, pivotable. Uh, you know, I come up with words that aren't really words all the time on this show, but this pivotal set of a couple of weeks that is coming up for Chelsea. So Chelsea enters this week uh, first in the, in the WSL with key matches coming up. Now they just played a key match in the FA cup fourth round against London city. So Rob, what did you think of that match uh, and how it turned out and what Emma Hayes's plans were for the FA cup game in relation to what's coming up this, this coming week? I mean, ultimately the, with the women's FA cup, there is still a massive disparity um, at the earlier levels and the earlier periods between the teams that qualify and the teams that come in from WSL. And unless you get a WSL team drawn with another WSL team, chances are it's going to be a one-sided affair. Now, in this case, it was, and a lot of it ended up being a lot more like a training sort of match for Chelsea. They rotated very heavily. They did keep in Captain Magda Eriksson and Melly Leupold's in there as well. But they brought in a number of players like Jess Carter, who sort of has been seeing more recent match minutes, Neem Charles, who's seeing more recent minutes, Aaron Cuthbert continuing a recent form, and also returns of some of the younger names in the squad. We had Charlotte Wardlaw making her first appearance in a while, and also full debut for Aggie Beaver-Jones and for Georgia Fox. Um, on the pitch, it went exactly as how you'd expect it to go. Chelsea ran out comfortable 5-0 winners. In honesty, the scoreline probably flattered London City a little bit. Chelsea were completely all over them. Monopoly's possession had plenty of chances. I have to give a real... gave one of the best, if not the best, goalkeeping performance at Kings Meadow this season, made a number of brilliant saves, was beaten by sort of five fantastically worked goals, several just stunning individual strikes, um, a couple of real team goals of the highest quality, but made a number of really good saves, including from Beth England, from Georgia Fox, from Aggie B. the Jones, to mean it wasn't, you know, a completely sort of you know horrendously one-sided um scoreline. And when you look at some of the other scorelines you've seen today, the likes of Manchester United winning sort of by huge scorelines, Manchester City winning 8-0, sort of you know, 11 
nil score and stuff like that. You have to, I have to give her real, real credit as she kept her team in it for an awful lot of it. To the Lionesses, they can feel absolutely no, you know, they came up against a very good Chelsea side. Chelsea ultimately have a very, very good squad. And when they play at their level, they should beat teams like that in front of them and did exactly what they need to do ahead of, you know, the big games. The only real concern, I suppose, to Chelsea fans was the fact that uh, Magda Eriksson did go down at one point and sort of looked a bit unhappy and sort of with her ankle. She did walk off the pitch and did seem fine afterwards, but obviously you never like to see ankle injuries. They're always a bit finickety, so they made the change. But yeah, in general, sort of a good night's work and a comfortable sort of progression into the next round of the cup where I believe we'll face Everton. So chance to get revenge for the team that dumped us out earlier this year. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and I'm, my understanding from uh, looking at Emma Hayes' comments after the match, uh, the idea was it was going to be was it was going to be a very heavily rotated squad going out there uh, against London City, mainly because a lot of players had just recently come back from international break um, to kind of get, you know, give them a little bit of extra rest uh, with everything coming up. With, did that seem like the, the plan that went forward in terms of, OK, let's just put out uh, more of a mostly be you know second squad b squad uh mm-hmm. in preparation because they had just come back did it seem that way to you yeah i, I mean i think so i think ultimately chelsea are able to uh, sort of in a very privileged position as a team in that players that chelsea have that would normally start for every other side in wsl perhaps maybe not manchester city but for every other side do have to settle for place on the bench at chelsea have the ability to sort of rotate and bring players in that are just top, top professionals and top, top players. And it's then their job to impress when they get the chances. And I think, you know, every single one of them did that uh, the other day. I can't think of many players, the exception of maybe Carly Telford in goal, and that's because she had absolutely nothing to do all game. I can't think of anyone who, you know, couldn't come off that pitch and think, I had a good afternoon here and I had a good evening here. Um, Again, particular credit to both Fox and Beaver Jones, who... And also Wardlaw, who all looked really comfortable um, in the team. Beaver Jones was really unlucky not to score. And Georgia Fox uh, played the whole game, played a really good performance and was unlucky not to get um, some assists. And so with that being said, now comes, you know, as a lot of people will call it the business end of the season. Uh, I call it for Chelsea and anyone else in the same position as them. I call it the gauntlet because coming up, on the 21st, which is three days from now, coming up is essentially, though, essentially the, the title decider for the WSL with Manchester City. Then immediately following that is the first leg against Bayern Munich in the semifinal of the mm-hmm. Champions League. Follow that up with the second leg, uh, though there's some space, finally some space in between there. Uh, and then resuming uh, the WSL schedule after that. Um and so forth. So let's take a look at it from from a few standpoints. How do fans feel about the gauntlet coming up? City, Bayern, Champions League title decider coming up. How do how how are fan, Chelsea fans feeling right now from your mm-hmm. perspective? So I, I think we're surprisingly calm. At the end of the day, I think Chelsea fans know how good the side are. They know how good our manager is and they know what you know they know what we need to do and ultimately every game now is a cup final but realistically from a Chelsea point of view you're probably looking at the games against City and the two games against Bayern 
as the important ones because, in all honesty, if it comes down to it and we're playing Tottenham in the league and we're playing I think, Reading on the final day, if we need to win those games, we will win those games. Um, and to be honest, by the final day, I mean, Reading are going to be on the beach. I think, I think it's probably fair to say Spurs are probably going to be safe. Um, by the time we play them as well. So there's, you know, not the added impetus there. And it's been a long, hard season for everyone. So you can understand my players who don't necessarily have anything to play for do switch off a little bit. There'll also be from some players, and again, you know, I also say this is a caveat for Chelsea, there'll be some players looking towards the Olympics and hopefully they fit for that because they want to be selected for that. So, that you know, a bit of kidology comes into it. But there's no reason why a Chelsea fan shouldn't be confident if, uh, you know, we've been here before, We've sort of, you know, been there and done that against Manchester City. You know, I, I spoke, you know, I've spoken to Manchester City fans about it. And I've said this year is the one I'm really relishing because we're seeing how good both the teams are. And I think it's fair to say that at the moment they are both on a different level to every other team in WSL. And this is coming down to a proper decider. And it's what we all hoped was going to happen last year because the league was curtailed by COVID. And although, you know, Chelsea won it on a points per game basis, and obviously, you know, you're always really happy to win a league. It did feel a little bit hollow because of, you know, you don't get to see it through and you don't get to properly sort of compete in it. And, I you know, I said it a few weeks ago and I still stand to what I said, that we could very easily have seen Chelsea versus Manchester City in, you know, the um, sort of the WSL decider. In the, we could still see it in the FA Cup final. We could have seen it in the Champions League final. And I still think, you know, they'd be disappointed to their performance against Barcelona in the first leg because in the second leg, they showed they can match it with the best of them. Um so I, I can't see a reason why Chelsea fans shouldn't be sort of, you know, confident over the next couple of weeks. Ultimately, it's a very tough thing to do. But if we are as good a team as we hope we are, and that, you know, we say you what we are, then it should be the sort of thing that we relish rising to and the challenge we relish rising to. And so you mentioned confidence. So your feeling is that the the team, the fans are confident in moving forward in terms of in facing Manchester City. But how confident are they about Bayern, about the semifinal in the Champions League? So I think Bayern's more of a Bayern's more of an interesting one. I mean again I saw Bayern had a poor result um at the weekend. They were beaten by Hoffenheim, I believe. Um and what was the really struck me was someone who watched the game said that they really struggled with pacey counterattacks. And I think it'd be fair to say if there's one thing that you know, is a bit of a calling card this season for Chelsea. It's pacey counterattacks. Um, and I think it's probably worth noting at this moment in time that Chelsea will be looking at Bayern and will be saying, you know, this isn't like a Wolfsburg where there's the fear factor. We've played Bayern before and we've beaten them. And the fact that Bayern's, you know, the, one of the, their club captain. And a very influential player in Millie Liverpool's chose to not stay at Bayern and come to Chelsea because she had a better chance of winning things and winning the top prizes. That will play on people's mind, and that is another subplot in the game. Uh, a reason why looking at Bayern and thinking, hang on, we can sort of win this. And then once you get through to that, well, either PSG or Barcelona in the final, it's going to be a tough, tough game. But again, there's no reason you're not looking at that and thinking we can beat you because at the moment, I think Chelsea have three of the best, if not the three best attackers in world football in Pernilla Harder, Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr because of the way they dovetail and sort of, you know, the amount of 
goals and assists and ability and raw skill and work rate and power and speed and technical ability that they've got in that lineup. And there's a very good side behind that. But just when you have that front three alone, you're going to be a threat. So based on that, so the feeling based on what you just said, so it seems like the the feeling is, is that really, as we talked about before, the real hurdle was in the round before against Wolfsburg and, and the history there. But then the history is very different facing a Bayern squad who there, it seems their most apparent weakness recent, at least recently, is the very thing that Chelsea seemed to do very, very well. Yeah. And so people feel pretty fairly confident coming into that. Is that right? I think so. Um, I, I think, you know, again, confident, as I've always said, confidence is one step away from arrogance. Um, and that's always a sort of, you know, difficult thing to mm-hmm. sort of tightrope to walk through. But I don't see a reason why Chelsea fans shouldn't feel like, you know, but there's no reason they shouldn't rise to the challenge. And so how is Emma Hayes going to, how do you think Emma Hayes is going to approach the city match first? How, from a tactical perspective, from, you know, from a, a personnel management perspective, how do you think she's going to approach what is coming up in terms of first the city match, the essentially the title decider, how is she going to approach it? I think she'll approach it in the exact same way she approaches other big matches and has always approached big matches. Um, and that is a case that she will go out there and try and win it. There won't be a case of trying to play for a point. Um, obviously, I think it would be fair to say a point probably suits Chelsea more than it suits City um, because that then means sort of, you know, the destiny stays in Chelsea's own hands for want of a better phraseology. Mm-hmm. Um but I think they will be going out to try and win it. And also, you know, Chelsea are not the sort of side that try and park the bus and try and sort of, you know, try and teams and draw out points. That's just not their style. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think they will not, I don't think she'll do anything particularly special tactically, if that's what you're asking. And I mm-hmm. think that's partly what will be a sort of, you know, what will be so effective because they won't try and change. There won't be a specific plan for City compared to playing Bayern compared to playing X. There will be, you know, Chelsea have a few game plans and they will execute one of the game plans. So statistically speaking, Chelsea lead the league and and are above Manchester City in several different uh, offensive and defensive categories. Actually, they're fairly close, but Chelsea, from a statistical standpoint, hold the edge. And and where I see things being very fairly clear to advantage to Chelsea in this is the fact that you know Chelsea, uh, you know, is the best at you know creating opportunities and they're also the best in the league at converting those opportunities conversely speaking on the defensive side if you look at how teams play against them using the same level of metrics mm-hmm. you know chelsea is chelsea is you know only slightly very slightly uh in they're like second in the league to manchester city in you know, uh, allowing or uh, conceding goal opportunities. And if I check really quickly, they are, let's see. Yeah, they're neck and neck on offensive side as far as converting. And they are, 
Yeah. And Chelsea is, yeah. Okay. So Chelsea is the best, uh, is the best in the league in terms of uh, keeping opponents from converting goal opportunities are much better, actually much better than Manchester city is. So from a statistical standpoint, Chelsea is the better of the two teams uh, as it's drawn out for the entire season. Now there was that classic, you know, what I, you know, that's the, I always go back to the classic Conti cups, quarterfinal going in extra time and so forth. Mm. We won't have extra time on Wednesday, but I presume we'll have kind of the same type of match where it's going to be, you know, basically strength on strength. I don't expect City to to I really don't expect City to do anything different and I don't expect Chelsea to do anything different. I think they're just gonna go out to win the game. Now of course now you didn't bring up a point and and I agree that Emma Hayes doesn't like I never seen Emma Hayes just go for one point ever. You know, I haven't yeah. seen at that, so I don't. And it does suit them, but I I, I agree with you. I don't think that that one point's really going to be on the on the table. I think it's going to be all three. Let's just you know work because doing anything else takes Chelsea away from their usual mantra and their usual plan of just going out yeah. and scoring as many as possible and keeping you off the board uh, and so forth. So I expect Chelsea to go out quickly and strike quickly and counter and, and have long balls and things like that um, and so forth. So I, I would agree with that um, going forward. So in terms of the city match, let's start with that first. Who is your player to watch? Like who should we be looking for and looking at as a key player for Chelsea going up against City on Wednesday? I think probably the name I will pick is probably Sophie Ingle. Mm-hmm. City themselves will try and attack. And Chelsea will want Ingle just to sit probably in front of the back four and just do the dirty work and um, sort of, you know, just break things up and make it a difficult game. A difficult game, not with a lot of flow in it, etc., the sort of thing where teams won't be getting sort of, um, you know, we, I don't think it will be a, a a flowing football match, in all honesty, on Wednesday. I think it will be nervous. I think it will be intense. I think it will be tight because there's a lot for both sides to to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think in that regard, you're probably looking at some of the, you're probably looking at some of the, te- you're some, some, situations and saying that you know Sophie Ingle if Rose Lavelle plays for instance and I think Ingle will probably be asked to just sit on Rose Lavelle but if it's someone maybe more like Lauren Hemp for instance who's going to be drifting wide it's going to be more the job for the wingbacks to sort of sort that out um and I think that's probably where it falls and that that's probably where the sort of um situation falls if that makes sense and I think I think probably, I think you're probably looking at, I think you're probably looking at that being the key battle, the midfield being the key battle. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that as well, um, you know, going forward, because I mean, what, what I love about this matchup is from an offensive standpoint, you're looking at two different offensive philosophies. But the key to both of those philosophies is being able to dominate the midfield. Uh, And, you know, and because, I mean, City want to play a very possession-based game, which requires them to be in complete control of the midfield. 
you know, Chelsea play more of a longer ball game and a quicker strike action game, which also requires them to be, be at least managing the midfield well. And so then it becomes midfield becomes the key to, to, you know, everything in the end. And so going into the, and going to this, how do you see this game turning out? What's your scoreline prediction? I mean, I think it'll probably be a one, one draw. Um, I think, you'll probably see situ- a situation where Chelsea, I think, will possibly get the first goal. I think City will then equalise and then try and push for a winner. And I think Chelsea will probably be able to hold them at bay. Possibly maybe snatch a 2-1 on the counter. But the thing sort of said is that Chelsea can... Chelsea can sit back a little bit, especially if they get the lead, in the knowledge that then City will need to come out. So I think the first goal is going to be really, really crucial. I, definitely so. I, I mean, I, I think for both teams, it always is. My concern, I, I'm actually predicting Chelsea to win. Uh, and the reason why I'm predicting Chelsea to win, you know, to win is because of the fact that, um, you know, because Steph Hunton is is probably going to be out if not if coming back if she is coming back then she's coming back uh after some time off i just see i just see the way city may line up defensively maybe a little bit not as stout as we would expect them to be i actually expect chelsea to kind of come out and at least get two goals i think they're going to get two goals two and then i think it's going to be like two to one is kind of how I feel like it's going to be going to turn out uh, in that. Um, I think the key, to, the key, uh, the key to City is going to be, you know, how Lauren Hemp does, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and whether or not she's going to be able to do some of the the brilliant things that she's been able to do in other matches. And I think that if they, if Chelsea are are able to hold her to keep her, you know, out of the loop and also keep Chloe uh, Kelly out of the loop. Uh, then you know, I think Chelsea may end up prevailing in the end. I just I don't have as much confidence in City's, confidence in City's defense. Mm. Yeah, I, I I don't know, especially with No Houghton. I think that's also another big blow for City because mm-hmm. she's someone that's sort of been there and done that, and there's not much experience in the side, especially with Jill Scott not there. This is why I was so surprised they loaned out Jill Scott because even if she's not playing, and I applaud her for going out on loan to play games. Um, I would like to just point that out. But mm-hmm, right. having a head like there around who is just so much experience and so much now. And you've got people like Ellen White who are also, you know, there. I'm not going to pretend City don't have experienced names in the squad. And Lucy as well, who, you know, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. But someone like Scott who knows how it is to sort of fight and win ugly. And I think that's mm-hmm. possibly something they're lacking at the minute, which is also possibly why I think there were issues against Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, as much as, you know, SMA Morgan has done a good job, you know, in filling in, in Mm. spots for City's back line. I mean, but it also must be remembered that they, you know, she had to be pulled out of the Barcelona match uh, because, you know, it was just too, it was going to be, it was too much, Um, you know, and they brought in Demi Stokes back in. Uh, to really try to shore things up. Um, and I just, you know, you mentioned earlier just the, 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 the three big offensive, you know, powerhouse force that Chelsea brings to the table. And that might be a little bit, a little bit overwhelming uh, for, uh, 
for a back line that has, you know, overall his limited experience. I mean, I would expect if Houghton's not available, then SMA Morgan will be on that back line somewhere. And I think that might be the weak point that's going to be uh, one of the difference makers. And that's unfortunate for City, um, you know, to not to, you know, have a situation where, you know, injuries are striking them at the wrong time. And that's part of football that, you know, injuries are going to strike and they're going to have problems. And, and luckily Chelsea, you know, has had their issues as well. Um, but not as much, you know, right now as it stands um, going forward. So going into then we got Bayern. We I'm not I'm not part of the Chelsea squad. I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> we for but you got Chelsea, you got Bayern coming up now. The first match is where, where is the first leg going to be played? Um, great question. Um, I, I think it's at King's Meadow, um, but I don't. I don't know at the moment, actually. I don't know if they've confirmed it. Um, the first leg is apparently being played is in Germany. Um, That's a good start for me there. Um, I assume it's being played at FC Bayern, uh, FC Bayern's grounds. I haven't heard anything otherwise, although, again, at this moment in time, I've got no idea. You know, it could just be Bucharest again. Could be their favourite new spot okay. in Italy. Uh, it'll be played somewhere in a stadium. <laughs> Yes, it'll be played somewhere in a stadium. Yeah, I didn't know if you knew. I didn't know. I mean, so far as it, as I see it, it's listed, you know, listed as being away. Um, so that means Munich, but, you know, it could be anywhere um, because, I mean, with Wolfsburg, it was in uh, Bucharest. So uh, don't really know. So I was wondering if you knew, um, but that's okay. So um, we talked a little bit more about Byron. Byron struggled, uh, lost against Hoffenheim. Um, they also lost, uh, lost to Wolfsburg in the in the Bacau, in the Bacau Cup um, as well in the final, I believe. Um, so they're kind of limping, kind of struggling and stumbling, kind of coming into this. Um, anything else you want to say about Byron? You talked a little bit about them earlier, but anything else you want to say about them in terms of what you think they're going to bring to the table and what and how they match they're, up? They're, they're a world-class side and Chelsea shouldn't underestimate them. Um, I, I've seen an awful lot, and I, I never liked seeing this after today's game when Leon went out here, and Chelsea now the favourites for the competition. I always detest whenever a team is favourites for a competition – because it, the, being favourites means one thing. You're there to be shot at, and it's suddenly you're the big fish that everyone wants to reel in and everyone wants to take down. Chelsea People think that... Wait, 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 Rob. Rob, people think that Chelsea is the favourite? Yep, I've seen an awful lot of journalists coming out and saying, Chelsea are the favourite here, and I detest this view. I would argue that I don't think you can clearly pick a favourite from the no. last four. Mm-mm. And if you pick one, it has to be PSG because they've knocked out Leon. And that would be my that would be my logic. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> that would be my logic for the way they are favourites because they've knocked out the team that are that were favourites. Well, that is, I mean, that's a solid shout. I mean, I, I but I keep thinking back to Barcelona. I keep thinking about I think of Barcelona, but I think I think really the good point is here is you know, and and for those of you who did not watch. Uh, you know, PSG and Leon in the second leg today, that kind of, I, I didn't even realize it was being played out today until I saw it on the schedule. But uh, if you didn't see that, you, you missed a show. I mean, that was drama, mm-hmm. you know, that's Champions League drama right there uh, and so forth. And it's really harsh if you're the five time in a row champion of the Champions League to go out with your most established, well-known player around the world ends up making end up with an own goal and then losing in an away goals rule situation, uh, you know, against, uh, 
you know, PSG, but it was drama city. And you could, I, you could feel the emotional reaction uh, from PSG knocking off Leon in that, uh, you know, in that game, um, you know, which just, it meant everything. Uh, and they had been pulling for this moment. Uh, you, if you'd seen anything from the PSG players leading up to matches against Leon, they're like, we want to be up there where they're at. We want to knock them off. Uh, mm-hmm. And today they did, you know, uh, and uh, you can just tell the elation uh, of that, um, you know, and, and that, you know, hopefully that they won't look at it as, you know, well, we won our cup now because we knocked off Leon. Um, but you still have Barcelona and then you have Bayern is a world-class side. Chelsea, how, what's it like now to be seen as a world, as a world, world elite class side now <laughs> with Chelsea's I'm, now in the I'm final four like, with an even shot to win? It is testament to the hard work and sacrifice that every single player every single member of staff, every single fan who has ever gone to a game, played in a game, been part of a game, been part of any of the preparation, ever since that Roman Abramovich started to more heavily invest in the women's team, ever since then, it is product and fruit of all of that labour. And if they win, do win the Champions League, if they do win the WSL this year, then an immense level of credit needs to go to the backroom staff and to the players. This year, especially to do it in the circumstances that they've been in. There are players in that dressing room, you know, that haven't been able to see their families for a whole year, that have been isolated for a whole year, that have had to, you know, forego a lot of things that normally they take for granted and we take for granted in order to do this and in order to, you know, make this happen. Whilst I'm sure there is a personal side of it, and I'm sure as players they all love playing, um, we should not forget the emotional sacrifice that's made. And I, you know, I, I put that across to all of the team, every single side this year. And if Manchester City win it, it'll be the same. Um, that you know, we shouldn't forget the emotional sacrifice a lot of these players have made this year to entertain fans and to you know keep the show must go on mm-hmm. when an awful lot of other things have stopped. And I think that's a beautiful point, Rob. Uh, and you know, and and that is. I think that's what I was alluding to when I when what I watched PSG celebrate winning and just you know just it was I mean it was deeply I mean not, maybe not deeply but it was very emotional for me to watch because you could tell everything that they had been working towards towards this moment and we're talking about just getting to the semifinal let alone advancing and moving forward it meant so much uh, to to you know, win, uh, and you can tell how hard Leon play, the Leon players took it as well. And, and that's the magic and emotion of sport. And, and I think what you're alluding to also is this year and a year of ev- any year, there's been much, much, much more at stake and much, much more to it from an emotional standpoint off the pitch um, as well as on that makes this inc- incredibly makes the the struggle hard uh harder than it would have been under normal circumstances or typical circumstances so i i i totally agree yes the 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 everything you know having to put life on hold completely just for the show to go on uh has been immense and all credit goes to whoever wins 
in all of this. But also, you know, looking back, I mean, I, I just remember, you know, looking at looking at Emma Hayes' comment about, you know, uh, getting past Wolfsburg and that it was a, it's been a nine year project. Yeah. You know, to get to 20, you know, starting in 2012, now we're at 2021 on the verge of, of you know, doing a, you know, lifting trophies and, and something very, very special to happen. Mm. Uh, I think credit goes to her and the staff and everybody involved, you know, no matter how it turns out. Yeah, uh, and that, that's one of the things I would say, I, I, I would say is the big thing for me is the immense, the immense pride I have in a way as a fan. Because there are so many other sides that have perhaps neglected their women's team or view it more as a commercial sort of outfit. And Roman Abramovich and Emma Hayes have made it. And again, I interviewed one of the players recently. and They said to me that when Emma Hayes first came in, she had a meeting with the club and said, this is how I'm going to make Chelsea an elite club. And this is how you're going to back me to do it. And if not, you know, this isn't going to be a working relationship. And the club have done exactly as she said, and she has done exactly as she has said, and she has transformed the club on that side. And, you know, I have to, there are so many wonderful people connected with the support of sort of Chelsea women in the supporters group in Chelsea Pride in all sorts of sort of, you know, ways. And, you know, even through the CFCW social, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sort of not toot our own horn here, but sort of you know, pay tribute to some of our amazing, amazing members who have done so much to sort of, you know, support the club and sort of, you know, support it in ways. And it was so gratifying in a way to hear when I spoke to this player that, you know, they see everything and they appreciate everything. Mm-hmm. And this is something I perhaps I think in the, on the women's side that you don't necessarily get as much on the men's side. While there are some players that use social media, ultimately social media for male footballers is a very often a very toxic place. And that's a sad, yes. sad yes. reality. And so I can totally understand why they don't. And one of the big things I do applaud about the women's game is the fact that it has, you know, remained generally very friendly and very cordial. There are sometimes some spats and there are yep. sort of, you know, notorious aspects of it. But for instance, I can have very good chats with the sort of Manchester City women's group. I'm very good friends with a number of Arsenal fans. I, you know, we have a great relationship with people like the Vixen cast. And mm-hmm. that's what I think, if there was something that men's football could learn from men's football, it's that although you can be an opponent on the pitch, you don't just need to have the needless tribalism and the, you know, my club is better than yours, therefore you're wrong approach. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. I, know, I know I'm getting very philosophical there, but it's sort of one of those things I would say is that at the end of the season whatever sort of happens, I will be proud of the way Chelsea have approached it because of what they've done in such difficult circumstances to make people dream. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in the early days of this podcast, this video cast, Rob, you know, I, I ranted and raved against the, what I called the radical tribalistic football mob, you know, which was the, the folks that, you know, were, you know, were the ones that were doing, you know, ugly things on social media, attacking players for, you know, based on race and based on gender, based on whatever, uh, you know, and, and, and it was just this radical tribalistic, you know, fan mob sort of mentality that you're, that you're alluding to that, that seems to be not as significant in the women's game as yeah. I've seen it. Uh, I have been told by a number of people that some of that is been 
has been seeping in a little mm-hmm. bit. We've seen yeah. evidence of it, yeah, uh, but true. it's certainly not as significant. Uh, and, and hopefully as the women's game grows in England, as it will and worldwide, as I believe it will, um, that we don't get that. We don't carry that piece of it, you know, from, from unfortunately the men's side into it um, and so forth. I, I sure hope not because it's, you know, it is something that is uh, a scourge, uh, you know, to, you know, to the game itself. And it would certainly harm it. Um, yeah. I love the fact that, that I have this podcast, this video cast where I can, you know, bring on fans from, you know, Arsenal and Manchester city, Manchester United and having mm-hmm. a special with Bristol city and, 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 um, and so forth. And it just, it'd be cool, you know? Um, and, you know, and, and we're all kind of in the same boat together and we want to, we want to, we cheer for our, the clubs that we support, but we also cheer for the league. We cheer for each other. We cheer, you know, we, we hope for the best. Uh, and it's none of this, you know, radical tribalistic stuff. I and mean, we're all slightly tribalistic because we have the teams that we support. So that does make us part of a tribe. <laughs> but with that said, there's taking it too far. And when you get radical and absolutist and, and, you know, destroy, try to destroy people, you know, however way online or, or however other way to do it, then it's way, way, way over the line. Uh, and hopefully we won't be bringing any more of it than it already is. Unfortunately, we need to eradicate it from the source uh, before, it, you know, if it get before it gets too much bigger. Uh, on the women's side, but going into, you know, looking at uh, the, the champions league, you know, Chelsea is the England's representative, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they, that's it. You know, I mean, Chelsea being probably, uh, you know, arguably the best team in England, um, you know, and, you know, England has not had a champion in the women's champions league to since 2006, 2007, that's Arsenal, uh, you know, back then. And it, the, the, the essentially the Champions League has been been traded off between Germany and France uh, for you know ever since, mm. uh, and, and you know there's no Spanish squad is one. Uh, there were a couple. It was uh, Sweden was representative one when it first started, um, but it's been Germany and France, uh, you know, the entire time, and and the the dedication and um, resources that have been pulled into the game. Uh, from you know other countries like Spain, like England, uh, and so forth, you know, is a testament that we have, you know, we have a German representative, we have an English team, we have a Spanish team, and we have a French team. You know, we have mm-hmm. a representative one each from the four, um, and that's really, really very special. And I think it's even Stephen, you, you know, that I think Chelsea has an even chance to win, just like anybody else, and it's going to be great to watch. Mm, yeah, and uh, you know, I would like to say it's great that again I, I, I credit Leon for having a dynasty, and ultimately mm-hmm. people may not people may not like it, and ultimately at times I'll say as a fan, it's possibly does more harm than good. But I will say one thing that to have a dynasty for that long is something that should be you know, applauded, and at the same time as we you know welcome the fact there will be a new winner. Mm-hmm. Um, we should also, you know, acknowledge the fact that Leon have had an incredible, incredible run, and it's something you know that may never be repeated in this tournament. 
And Leon will be back. I mean, they'll be back. They'll, they're they're going to, you know, they'll, they'll brush this off and they'll be back in the running again. Uh, but, but yeah, you can't, they, you cannot take away from the fact you win five Champions Leagues in a row. Uh, you know, just the effort and everything that goes into that for five years running, you know, essentially, you know, dominating, uh, you know, the Champions League. But it's, you know, it, it's, They'll be back. No, certainly they will be back. No doubt about it. Um, and it's, you know, it is going to be interesting and fun that, that a team that has never won uh, will get a chance to win this year. So, uh, but um, definite credit, you know, to Leon in the end, um, you know, to uh, do this. All right. So, Rob, we have we have gone on. We have uh, enthusiastically applauded everything. Um, good luck with Chelsea coming up. Um, and so forth. And uh, the game to watch will be coming up, uh, you know, coming up on Wednesday with City and then mm-hmm. uh, coming up very quick after that um, in terms of uh, Bayern. Now, my last question is in terms of, uh, of Bayern, uh, do you think Emma's just going to roll out the same lineup, you know, with, you know, come in with depending on what happens and God forbid and any injuries occur. But do you think it's basically going to be the same squad? I, with Bayern, uh, you know, then... Uh, I expect one or two changes for Bayern, but I'm not going to say they are at the moment. But if they... Uh, okay. I, I, okay. Will, I will put on the mark. I think there will be a slightly different plan for Bayern than there will be for City. And I won't be surprised to see one or two changes, but I won't nail my card to the mask as to what they are just yet. Okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. Well, we will we will see if that actually transpires, um, you know, by the next time that we uh, we talk about it. So, Rob, thank you so much for being on the show today uh, and so forth. And, you know, have a great evening. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. And yeah, thank you very much. And that is it for today's show on Sunday, the 18th of April on 2021. Tomorrow, which is Monday, which is always going to be big, big Monday, big Monday is back. Uh, Tomorrow we will have Mark from the Barmy Army to talk about Manchester United. Uh, And we will talk with Emma from the Man City Women fan cast and get her thoughts about the uh, from the city side going into the match with Chelsea on Wednesday. So meanwhile, please remember that the light is out there. Please acknowledge it. Let it be a part of your life and let it hug you and be part of you. Also, unfortunately, we've kind of alluded to it on this show that the darkness is out there. You have to acknowledge it, but do not let it hug you under any circumstances. But if you do, please get the help that you need. Please support each other. Please help help each other. Be there for each other. Be there for yourself. England is burning is out for today on Sunday. Thank you so much for watching and thank you so much for listening. Please smash a like on the video. Please share with your friends the audio and video. Thank you very much. <laughs>